presence, fill our praise, fill our praise. Come and let your presence fill this place. Come on, sing it again. Come and let your presence fill our praise, fill our praise. Come and let your presence fill this place today. Come and let your presence fill our praise, fill our praise. Come and let your prayer come on, sing the chorus. You for you are the one we want to meet. Yes, you are. Jesus, shine through all the praises that we sing. Bring it back to the top. Feel our praise, feel our praise. Come and let your presence feel this place. Yes, come and let your presence feel our praise, feel our praise. Come and let your presence feel this place. Come on, one more time. Come and let your presence feel our praise, feel our praise. Come and let your presence feel this place.
you know, we found out some things that I was not aware of. There was an actually a, uh, a different prayer service going on the morning of the inauguration. It was a private service of about 300 people. And um, we found out that was it Dr. James Dobson had uh, Mike Pence stand up and he prayed over him and charged him, prayed for the anointing on his life. Then James Robinson prayed over, um, at that point, President-elect Trump, charged him, had him stand up, and they, uh, there was a lot of prayer that morning about another great awakening in America. And, uh, but anyway, just hearing about that was really encouraging. We also, we met a, didn't meet him, but I heard him share the pastor in Washington, D.C. Did any of you guys go to the inauguration? Anybody? Some of you did. Yes, you guys went down, but he said there were little pockets of people, believers that would gather all over the streets, worshiping, they'd gather, hold hands and pray together. It was like revival. It's like God had invaded Washington, D.C. during that morning. And there was all kinds of things breaking out. Of course, the enemy tried to break out as well. But, you know, I really believe that God has given us, like many, a last-minute reprieve. And it's an opportunity because uh, too much is given. Much is what? Required. But I, what's the rest of that? I feel like the Lord, I've shared it a number of times. I'm going to share it again and again. But to whom much is given, much is required. But to much whom much is required, what? Much is given. Much grace. There's no way God would give us this time on the earth in our, in our nation without giving us great dose of grace and the anointing. You got to grab it. You got to grab hold of it. And uh, but you know there are a lot of things happen on that day. Regardless, it was a miracle, and uh, we could have very possibly. And we've we've talked. We you know we've talked about this stuff. Uh, Putin said we probably would have gone to war. You know they were preparing. They had that million people getting ready for nuclear war and all that stuff. And we, we prayed about all that stuff. But let me tell you, God intervened. And there may not be war for a time. Now, there's war every day. I mean, if you know that, the enemy rises up against you. And um, there's still a lot of things happening. i got to tell you this. There was a prayer room in the White House over the last number of years. It was not a prayer room to the Most High God. It was a prayer room to Allah, and there were many that would come and visit. Well, guess what? That prayer room has been kicked out of the White House. It's gone. It's over. No more prayers to Allah, because Allah is a false god. He's not even God. But there's still some things going on. The Muslim Brotherhood has some major positions in our nation. And you know, when we go to try to root them out, they probably won't go lightly, so we got to keep praying for the grace of God. But God's raising up congressmen, congresswomen. I read this week where Congresswoman Gabbard, a Democrat from Hawaii, went to Syria on a fact-finding mission. She wanted to know the truth, and she interviewed civilians, and uh, she even interviewed Assad. And I saw CBS and CNN actually reported on that. They probably didn't report on what actually she discovered. But she discovered there's some things going on we knew were going on, but most of Americans have no idea what's going on. And God has put a, at least a wrench in it, 
And uh, we pray he totally brings it tumbling down because this is an amazing time that we're living. How many of you know that? Thank God for WikiLeaks. Wicked leaks. The wicked leaked. Wicked things are being leaked out. So we thank God for that. That's a play on words, but it's still, it's true, and it's pretty cool. But darkness is going to regroup, and they're planning right now. They've got to be planning. What do, you, what do you think they're going to lay down? Okay, you believers, you prayed. Now we're going to just go off and back to wherever they came from. That ain't going to happen. So we're going to keep driving them off. I was reminded. Now, I don't mean, I, I've heard people take credit. We should take credit. The church should take credit. I remember the day, and I told you, I got this book where we used to live. It, it was in our mailbox, and I went back to check on our old house. It sat empty for a while, and I checked the mailbox. There was a book in it, and the book was entitled Revival or Judgment? Choose. You choose. And I picked it up. It, they sent it to pastors. I don't know how I got it. But anyway, I looked at it. I thought, well, that's a great title, and I put it down. And, um, and the Lord said, choose. So I picked the book back up. I said, me choose? Me choose? Well, I said, God, you know which one I want. I choose revival. I choose revival. I've been thinking about that. I wonder if that was a serious moment. You know, I mean, I know I'm not the only one. People, you were praying. But I think God heard our prayers. And uh, he's hearing our prayers now. And so this is a real exciting time you're going to have understanding. That's one of the first things God told me when I became a pastor of this church what, almost nine years ago. He said he would make us as of the sons of Issachar who would know the times and know what the church ought to do. So we're going to have discernment. In fact, Daniel 12.10 says, Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked will keep on doing wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand but the wise shall understand. You know who the wise are, don't you? Who are they? They're the ones that win souls. The wise are the ones that win souls. So we want to be about. And Jill, you said Jill's wise. Shirley's wise too. I've always used to tell people, I, don't, I threw away my encyclopedias long ago. I don't need them. Of course, you don't need them anymore anymore. You, you got it on your phone. But my wife was my encyclopedia. She... Uh, I just ask her, Shirley, what about this? She knows the answer because she Googles, Googles it. You know, thank God for Google. Google. I'm going to try to preach. I'm going to try. But I'm um, thinking about all the things that happened this week. It was really good. There are certain things that just really point out. You know, you remember. One thing Rodney said, and I, I like, I really respect him. I really do. He took on some heat because he had joy in his meetings, God forbid. You know, people would get joy. You go to the Rodney Howard Brown meetings, you get joy. I mean, how can you, what are you talking about, joy? You know, can you imagine when we get to heaven, the Lord saying, enter into the depression of your, and no, it's not going to happen like that. Enter into the joy of the Lord. We might as well enter now, right? But I remember one time, you remember, he said, he got up, and this, I, I woke up one morning thinking of this. He said, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get, remember, he kept saying, get ready, get ready. And I asked the Lord, I guess it was maybe Tuesday night or Wednesday night, I don't know, one of those nights. I said, God, what are you saying? And I woke up in the morning hearing that voice. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. So I'm telling you, get ready. 
because it's time. 2017, we have arrived. Now, I want you to go with me. I'm going to get to preach because I have a message. Psalm 78. Psalm 78. And uh, look in verse 65 through verse 66. Are you guys with me? Some of you, I feel like some of you are wondering what we've been drinking. I know. New wine. Let me tell you, these Baptist folks that get full of the Holy Ghost, you've got to watch out for them. I, I, didn't, I wasn't brought up in Pentecostalism. You know, I was brought up as a good Southern Baptist. And I sat on the back row, you know, and chewed my gum. And when I finished, I stuck it under the pew. I bet you if I went back there, it'd still be under that pew. I'm going to go back one day. I'm gonna, and I'm going to feel under there. Oh, goodness. Confess. Anybody else ever done that? Stuck your gum under the pew? Be honest. I knew you did it, Jim. I knew it. All right. Well, I want to just try to release it here, but um, there's something we want to pray about. Grab hold of. Psalm 78 and verse 65, verse 66. Then the Lord awoke from sleep like a mighty man who shouts because of wine, and he beat back his enemies, and he put them to a perpetual reproach. And the focus is on verse 65. Then the Lord awoke as from sleep. And I want us to pray, and then we're going to talk about that, because I think God is awakening, all right? So, Lord, we ask you now to give us understanding and wisdom. Lord, we humble ourselves. We can do nothing without you. But we, there's nothing we cannot do when you're with us. And we thank you, you are with us. You're with the church in this nation. Thank you for this reprieve. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to fulfill the call of God on our lives. Thank you for intervening, Lord, and putting a stop, restraining gross and wicked darkness. Thank you for exposing it. Well, Lord, thank you for what you're doing in the church, too. You're, because you're sweeping us, God, you're sweeping us clean. You're coming for a holy bride. Lord, we honor you. We pray now. Touch every person in this place. God, you are mighty and holy and worthy. Lord, we want you to show up, show out. Be glorified in our nation again, God. Because there's none like you. None like you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, every spiritual awakening... There's only been two of them in America but that we know of. They were really called great spiritual awakenings. They, they happened after a time of gross spiritual darkness. You know, wickedness. They, were t they really thought they weren't going to make it. And there were great doubts as to whether the nation would even survive. When we were driving back, what day was that, Thursday? Shalom asked me, he was reading in Joshua, chapter 10. Oh, you're listening as you're, you were driving. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, good thing you weren't. Yeah, you, you didn't, you didn't, you wouldn't drive and ride, uh, read at the same time. I know you wouldn't, so you're listening. But anyway, he says, what's the book of Jaser? And I, you know, I didn't, Jaser, the book of Jaser. It rung a bell, but I didn't know, so we looked it up. And it's mentioned two times in the Old Testament and uh, so we look it up. It's at the same context where the sun stood still in the sky for almost the whole day. 
And it says there's never been a day like that, nor will there ever be a day like that from the beginning of time until the end, where the Lord heeded the voice of man, that the sun stood still. We talked about that. We've been praying, God, cause the sun to stand still. Whatever it takes, cause time to go into hold, go into hibernation, because we're not done with the purpose you've called us to. But anyway, we're reading all this, and I, so I did a little research. And if you look up, the book of Jaser was, you know, one of those historical books. It wasn't included in the canon of the Old Testament. So it's not like, you know, Scripture, but it is historical. And uh, it's referred to twice in the Bible, so there's some good history in it. So I'm reading out of, I just looked through, it was chapter 80 out of the book of Jaser. And it talks about what happened, it's just different you know, understanding of the plagues and when Moses rose up and all that. But it said there was a day of darkness, actually three days of darkness. It was so dark in Egypt, it said that if you even took your hand and touched your mouth, you couldn't see your hand. It said if you were, the men that were running would stop right in place and not move another, another inch. If you were sitting down, you would be frozen and you would stop. You wouldn't move. If you were lying down, you wouldn't even look over because the darkness was so great in Egypt. And if that's true, I know it's historical, but if that's true, that was dark. I mean, dark. You couldn't even move. You were paralyzed. You were so fearful uh, during Egypt in that time. And we were talking about how there's so many people today, they've been paralyzed. There's a spiritual darkness. They're caught by this web of darkness, and they can't get out. And you and I have the antidote. We're the light of the world. Jesus, he lives in us. And he's calling us, and he's, he's, there's a fresh sending to go to those who are paralyzed in this darkness. And we're going to get to get them out. We're going to get to be a part of this incredible time in America. How many of you know there's so many people, it's like that right now. They're caught in this. They don't know where to go. They don't know where to turn. They've turned to churches. And churches said, well, let me recommend you to the local shrink or, you know, to someone else over here. Listen, we have the answer. We don't have to turn them over to anybody. We can only turn them over to the Most High God. Nothing is impossible with Jesus. And there are going to be churches all across America that are going to have that authority. Now, go with me back to Psalm 78. If you hadn't turned there, you can go with me now. Because I told you I had a dream right before the election where I was reading Psalm 74 and Psalm 78. Remember that? In this dream, I'm reading those two books of the Bible. So there's a good chance God is going to be speaking to me from Psalm 74 and Psalm 78. So how many of you know that? It's probably a pretty good sign. I don't always get messages like that. You know, most times I'm just reading the Bible and something sticks out to me or God, you know, plants a thought in my mind and then I search it out or it's just in my daily reading. But, you know, that'd be really cool to get all your messages in a dream. Wouldn't that be cool? From here on out, God, could it be like that? I've been doing this for 30-something years and I've been, I hammer it out and I study. Somebody told me, you study as if it's all up to you and then you pray as if it's all up to God. Because it is all up to God. But, uh, you know, you study to show yourself approved unto men. You don't just get up and wing it. I hear people sometimes, well, I'm just going to wing it. That's not biblical. You study to show yourself approved unto God. You do your homework. Then you pray. 
but it would be nice if I, for the rest of the time, you know, just give me dreams from here on out. What am I to say? That way I can say, thus saith the Lord. Because I really believe when I preach, I say, thus saith the Lord. I mean, I'm not being proud. I just believe that. Wouldn't it be amazing if people went to churches today in America believing they're going to hear from God? It'd be different. You'd have a lot more people show up. People would sit on the edge of their seat if they really believed that. The Scripture says that it, let him who ministers minister as though he's ministering the oracles of God. You know, the very Word of God. I've, I took that serious, and I still am. I'm believing God. Now, let's look at Psalm 78. The context is God's kindness to rebellious America. No, actually, rebellious Israel. But it did fit with America as well. You can read this. In verse 1, he says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ear to the words of my mouth. Now, right there, you could just... You can go to the bank on that verse 1 right there. The answer to every problem any nation will ever face is their resistance to the word and the law and the purpose of God. All you have to do is open up. God, what are you saying to us? And you can get out of a lot of messes. How many of you know that? You don't have to figure it out yourself. How many of you are glad for that? You don't have to try to figure out the way out of that mess. You can just run to God and say, God, what are you saying? You show me how to get out of that mess. And he'll do it. How I many of you know that's true? Now, I'm not going to read all of Psalm 78 because it's not the main thing. But it really is. But there's a whole lot of things are happening. You look in verse 4 through verse 6, actually through about verse 8. And the word is, you know, that we are to proclaim to the generation to come the greatness of our God. And really charge this generation to arise and, and don't forget the works of God. Keep His commandments. Be faithful to Him. And there's that commandment. You can see all of that. And then there's a word to Ephraim who turned back in the day of battle. And I preached on that before. It's a very powerful word. But look in verse 12. Marvelous things God did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt. But look down in verse 17. But they sinned even more against him. And they rebelled against the Most High in the wilderness. Then in verse 21. Therefore the Lord heard this and he was furious. So skip on some more, down to verse 31. The wrath of God came against them. And verse 32, in spite of this, they still sinned. They were stubborn. Verse 34, when he slew them, then they sought him. And they returned and they sought earnestly for God. I mean, if you know that happens today. You know, we, we run with God and then we run away from God. We run with God, then we run away. We cannot run away anymore. We cannot look to ourselves. Verse 36, nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouth. They went to their local gathering of believers, and they flattered him, I guess. For their heart was not steadfast with him. But he, being full of compassion, verse 38, forgave their inequity and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all of his wrath. You cannot tell me that is not a word for America today. We could have been wiped off this planet very easily. And if I was God, you know, there are times, I'm telling you, the sin of this land, you know, I don't know that I'd have been as loving as God. How many of you know that? You know, I heard people say, you know, you shouldn't be so rough. You should be more like Jesus. Well, we're not Jesus. So we can be a little human in this. You know what I mean? You know? 
Does that make sense? Okay, where am I? He didn't destroy him, didn't wipe him out. For he remembered, verse 39, that they were but flesh. Thank you, God. Verse 42. But then they did not remember his power, his hand, the day when he, was, he redeemed them out of Egypt. Skip over to verse 56. Yet they tested and provoked the Most High God, but turned back and acted unfaithfully. Verse 61. And God delivered his strength into captivity and all of this. And then we come up to verse 65. Then the Lord awoke as from sleep. And that's what I want to talk about. You know, it's one thing for us to awaken. We've got to have now, we have this reprieve. We don't know how many years it is. The church in America must experience the third great awakening. I didn't hear enough amens. We must. We must. We don't have a choice. Well, we do have a choice. But there's going to be a remnant that's going to press in and go for God. They, they know. They have discernment. They recognize the time in which we're living. God has not excused the things that America's been doing. He's given us a reprieve, a time to turn to Him, a time to call on Him. And uh, we need another great awakening. And the Bible talks about, let me just share with you some of the verses about nations or people awakening. Uh, Romans 13 says, And do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. And that scripture is about a heavenly alarm. It's God setting the alarm and, and a people awakening, turning back to him. Then 1 Corinthians 15, awake to righteousness and do not sin. And if you read that in its context, just before that, he said, evil company corrupts good habits. And that's a caution to make sure you choose your friends wisely. You know, sometimes we think, well, if I hang around with people in the world, I'm going to pull them up to my level. I can tell you, you go ask any adult. Most of the times, that doesn't happen that way. Most of the times, they pull you down. It doesn't mean we're not to be a friend of sinners for the sake of winning them to the Lord. But there's some relationships you've got to cut off. You've got to say, look, you're not going to follow Jesus. I'm not going to walk with you. Because they can cause you to stumble. And the Scripture tells you that. It's very plain. And then over in Ephesians chapter 5, awake. You who sleep, arise from the dead. You think that's a good verse for America today? The American church. And Christ will give you light. I feel like there are angels right now visiting churches all over America. And they're walking in those big wooden doors. Those gigantic doors. You know, with those big things on the front door. They're walking in and they're saying, awake from your sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Nobody's, are you guys are listening to me? Are you agreeing? But do you know, okay, here's what I want to get to. I guess I'm going to have to ad-lib. I don't know how this is going to come out. There's a whole bunch of scriptures about us awakening. That's not what Psalm 78, 65 is all about. It's not about it. Let's look at it. What does it say in that verse, Psalm 78, 65? Then the Lord awoke as from sleep. Like a mighty man who shouts because of wine. You know what we need in America? We need God to awaken over the land. 
That's what the scripture says. I've never heard this preached. I've never preached it. But I'm going for it this morning. And then we're going to pray that God would do it. We've got to have awakening of the, of the presence of God over our churches, over our children, over our nation. And there's a lot of scriptures that bear witness with this. Job chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. It says, if you would earnestly seek God and make supplication to the Almighty, if you were pure and upright, surely now he would awake over you and prosper your rightful dwelling place. Now, we could just insert something right there, and I think I will. Do you know a nation cannot exist without borders? God created a wall. And when some of your friends argue with you about that, you, you can tell them, God's in the wall building. He builds walls. Show me. All right, let's show them. Acts chapter 17, verse 26. Look at this. And he has made one blood, every nation of men, to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries, say the boundaries, the boundaries of their dwellings, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. So what does that tell me? God has established the boundaries, the pre-appointed times. He actually established and pre-appointed that you and I would live in this nation, in this state, in this county, in this city for such a time as this. So God is into building walls. I'm amazed at the speed Donald Trump is doing things. There's never been a man like that. I heard that he only sleeps three or four hours a night. He just, it's just the way he ticks. You know, I'm, he's doing stuff. I'm probably, now, it's probably really wise. Do as, as much as you can to undo the wickedness that was as quick as you can. And the enemy's all confused. They're, all, they're just probably running around confused. They don't know what's happening. Could God be awakening over America? Is God sounding a trumpet in the land today? They don't know what's happening. I heard other things about Mr. Trump this weekend that were really encouraging. God's moving on that man, I'm telling you. He's moving in his heart. It's an incredible time. I know some people are stuck in their party. You better get out of your party. There's corruption in the Republican Party. And I pray Mr. Trump roots it out, digs it up, and exposes for what it is. We're not a part of a party. We're a par well, we're going to have a party. Somebody prophesied that. But we're part of, we're part of the kingdom of God. And it's going to be a big party. I'm telling you. We might as well have a party. Because a lot of folks in our nation are just about to throw in the towel and give up. I saw where California wants to, uh, you know, break off from the union. Now, if I, can I get in my flesh for a moment? <laughs> Other than Bill Johnson and those great churches, you know, bring them on over here. You know what I say to California? Go, go, just go. No, I don't mean that. That's the part I should have been like Jesus, because he's probably not saying that. Do you forgive me? Forgive me, California. I bless you. But you are the land of fruits and nuts, and you, 
We need the revival in the land over there. God needs to awaken. That's the answer for California. An awakening of God in the land. Now, I'm going to get to the main points. I really probably should get there quickly. All right, Psalm 35. Stir yourself up and awake to my vindication, to my cause, my God and my Lord. Vindicate me, O Lord, my God, according to your righteousness. Psalm 44. And in the context, it's at a time when the nation was in a downward spiral. Psalm 44 says, Awake, why do you sleep, O Lord? Arise, do not cast us off forever. Do not hide your face. Don't forget our affliction and our oppression. Arise for our help and redeem us for your mercy's sake. Now, when we speak about the Lord awakening, we're not talking about how he's just up in heaven, you know, asleep, where he's rolled over and pulled up the covers, snoring. That's not what we're talking about. You know, the only thing there you can think that compares is when Elijah, you know, and the prophets of Baal, and he builds this altar and the bull and, you know, puts the wood and prepares the altar. The, the great challenge. There's a challenge like that going on today. The prophets of Baal versus the prophets of the Most High God. It's really a lot, a lot of this stuff's happening right before our eyes. And so anyway, Elijah says, okay, you go first. You call on your Baal. But remember how he said, he said, the God that answers by fire, he is the Lord God. And so the prophets of Baal, you know, remember the story well. They, you know, they're shouting and dancing and cutting themselves. Oh, Baal, oh, Baal. I remember we used to show our kids Oh, Shirley's disappeared. But anyway, we used to show our kids this cartoon, you know, about that story. And it was a ridiculous cartoon. Those prophets, oh, Baal, Baal, whoa, mighty Baal. And then remember, he never answered. And you remember how Elijah, well, maybe he's on a journey. Maybe he's busy. Maybe he's asleep. He's sound asleep. And uh, now you know let me let you in on a secret. Do you know Baal is still being worshipped today in America? Let me give you an example. That's why you see the ruckus. There's a fight for the worship of Baal. You see it in abortion. It's a, it, okay, they, abortion is the sacrifice to a god of greed, pleasure, convenience. It's convenient. There's no responsibility. Pleasure. But also it's worship. If you study it out in the Old Testament, they would offer their children to, you know, to Baal. They would pass through the fire. Their children would literally, they would burn them up. And so that's exactly what, and that's why you saw, God bless her, Madonna, Madonna was it, you know, on that Saturday. It sounded like a host of demons. It just, it was so confused. It was demons. The demons erupt. They're erupting. They're going crazy because they want to hang on to their, their worship of Baal. Well, I'm telling you, Baal is not God over America, and that altar is coming down in Jesus' name. He is not God. The God that answers by fire, he's the Lord God. And our God is going to answer by fire. And he is answering by fire. So anyway, now I every time... I preach that people say, well, you've got to tell the people that had abortions they can be forgiven. It, it is, of course you can be forgiven. You know, it's always, you can be forgiven. And then people tell me, well, you've got to blame the men too. Because the men, a lot of the men caused it. They told their girlfriends to do that. Well, that's true too. The answer is repent. 
men, women, just repent. Because you can't fix it. You can't carry that any longer. Just say, God, I did it. Just admit it. I killed my child. Forgive me. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you. You killed your child on behalf of me so that I could. Well, actually, it wasn't God. It was sin that put him on the cross. But, Lord, thank you that your son died for me. Now I'm forgiven and then walk away from it. Totally loosed, totally free, totally forgiven in Jesus' name. Is that good? Makes sense. Are you guys with me? Okay, good. I'm going to go for it. I'm expecting. Let me let you in on something. I know we've been kind of in a preparing pattern. The preparing is about over. If it was up to me, it'd be up to me. It ain't up to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm telling you, the preparing is almost over. So I'm not going to tell you anymore. Because I was going to tell you what I'm feeling, what I'm sensing, what I'm thinking. And then I felt like the Lord said, don't tell people too quick. The devil's listening. You don't want him in on your plans too soon. Because that's the way the devil works. Satan is a thief, a liar, swindler, no good murderer. And we're not giving him any room, any ground, any property. We're just going to press on and we'll announce things when God says announce them. Man, we've got to have some more fire in this place. It's gotta, I'm going to get back to this. We've got to have some fire in here. God, hula, hoorah. What were you in the Marines? Yeah. What do they say in the Marines? Hoorah. Yeah, well, let's hoorah God. Lord, thank you for every person that comes to the gathering. Thank you, God. We didn't come here by our really accident or our own choice. How many of you know? How many of you believe the Lord spoke to you? So, Lord, we're here because you spoke to us. Lord, we, we want you to know we're signing up. We're signing up. I want to just, are you signing up? Can I just release fresh orders from heaven? All right, fresh, fresh orders. That's one of the ways I used to could tell when God was in it because my hand, I couldn't stop it from trembling. So I'm just going to believe the Lord's depositing something in you. And I'm not faking because I, I can stop it. I'm not worried about stopping it. I'm just, Lord, fresh fire today. Oh, God, fresh fire, fresh anointing. Oh, Kelsey, fresh anointing. I can't get around to everybody. I, but I just, I got to give it away. Fresh fire. Here's our buddy. Thank you, God. I know this looks silly on TV, but it's, it's okay. Come join us. We're getting ready for an explosion here. We're not playing church. We don't want to go to church. We want to go. We want to be in his glory. Oh, Goodness gracious. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Lord, I just release glory. Release your fire. Over there on the right side, there's old Wayne. Old Wayne, Wayne and Carol. I'm, I'm not trying to be like Rodney. I'm just feeling it's something inside of me. Okay? Yeah. I, a long time ago, I decided I don't want to be like anybody else. I used to want to be like Billy Graham. You know, and I told him, well, anyway, that's a different story. I just want to be me. But the key is, we want him to be him. In us. In us. In you. If you knew how big your moment is, you'd be, you'd be a little bit excited on the inside. 
You've been getting ready all your life for days like this. I'm telling you. What do you think you've been going through fire for? For your health, your wellness, and your goodness? No. Well, it was your goodness. You're refining. But so that you would be ready in this hour. Amen. There's my good buddy Bart from Carolyn. I invited him. He came up and told me. He said, I'm here today. I thought I was dreaming. I'm not dreaming. He's got an amazing ministry to Israel. God just, this man didn't even know he was going to do what he's doing right now, probably, what, a couple years ago. And then God just dumped Israel all over him. And uh, so you want to bless this man. And, and we, we bless Israel here. Yes, we do. All right. Some of you are saying, go back up and preach. Get it over with. I ain't even got to the points. What happens? Okay, here's where we go. I'll go quickly. What happens when God awakens over a nation? What happens? Because we've got to have it. This is what we're going to pray. Number one, he must awaken for a people to awaken. Did you hear me? You're not going to awaken on your own. America will not suddenly say, okay, we need a great spiritual awakening. Now, we're saying that. But you can say it all you want. It's not going to happen unless God awakens first. He awakens over us. When I was growing up in Louisiana, you know, as a little boy, I used to ride the bus. The, na the number of our bus was four dash. Literally, that was the number. You know, most people have four or six or eight or 54 or whatever. My bus number was four dash. That was it, four dash. Because it used to come on the loudspeaker. Well, everyone riding four dash. Huh? It was the only dash. Everything else was a normal number. But it was four dash, four dash. Why did they name it four dash? But anyway, if you didn't get to that, if you didn't dash to the place where four dash was coming, four dash would go on and leave you. So my mom would come in, knock on, you know, she'd open the door. David, get up. It's time to school. Time to get ready. And you had about 10 minutes to get ready and go get breakfast and all that kind of stuff. You didn't have that much time. My mom was real nice. If I rolled back over and she had to come the second time, how many of you know the knock and the entrance was not quite as nice? You know, the second time. It'd be a little bit louder. David, get up! Four dash is coming. You know, whatever. I don't know what she said. But we need God. God's on a dash right now. The president's on a dash. Stuff's happening all over. Get in on it while you can. Run. The alarm. There's an alarm that's sounding. And uh, now some of you, well, does God take the initiative? Is God, I mean, where do you see in the Bible God takes the initiative? All over. Romans 5. For when we were still sinners, still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then you, there's so many scriptures about how we cannot go to him unless he draws us. No man can come to the Father unless he's drawn. And we, that's our prayer this morning. God, draw our sons and our daughters. He's obviously doing that. We heard that testimony of what's happening on Thursday afternoon in the prayer. God, draw our nation to you. God, draw our state. 
God, draw our political leaders to you. Draw our nation, God. Awaken, oh God, over the land, we pray, in the name of Jesus. And he will intervene, and he is intervening. And then secondly, when God awakens, his or her enemies are defeated, dethroned, and deplaced. Displaced. That's exactly happening. Look over in Psalm 78, again, 65. Then the, the Lord awoke as from a sleep. And look in verse 66. And he beat back his enemies and put them to a perpetual reproach. Now, the word perpetual means vanishing point. And reproach is disgrace. God is causing a disgrace in the enemy's camp. And it, many of the enemies are like at a vanishing point. So we just need them to go ahead and vanish. But we want the people saved. Because we know we are to bind their kings with fetters of iron. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And you see that over, if you look over in Psalm 74, that other scripture. Arise, verse 22, arise, O God, plead your own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproaches you. Do not forget the voice of your enemies, and God will rise up. And so when, when God awakens over a land, all of a sudden, his enemies begin to be exposed, and they come to the place of vanishing. And then when he awakens, promises and prophecies spoken are all of a sudden fulfilled. They're all of a sudden. Wayne gave me a word last week regarding 2017 that old promises that had been hidden, that had been buried, were going to spring up in this year. And I say, yes and amen, because it's happening. And I want you to think about some of those things God promised you years ago. All the promises of God are yes and amen for the glory of God through us. God gets glory when his promises are fulfilled through us. We're the vessels by which his promises are fulfilled and people see his promises and they give him glory. So that's what's going to happen. A lot of promises are going to be fulfilled and people will not but help give him glory. They will, they will see our light so shine before men, our light, and they'll glorify God because he's moving in the midst of his people. Does that, does that make sense? You know, we've been waiting. And waiting. How many of you know what it means to wait for God? Now, I'm not saying we don't wait anymore. Because those that wait renew their strength and they mount up. But there's a whole lot of things your waiting is over. And if you wait too long, you're going to miss it. I'm telling you. You got to run while the running's good. We got to walk while there's a place to walk. You run. The other day when we were at the hotel, we went to the hot tub, remember? You don't get a lot of time at Rodney's meetings to go to a hot tub. They start at 10, and they go to about 1. Used to, 2. But this time they stop by 1. Then you go home for a few hours, and they start before 7, and go to midnight to 1. Used to be 2 or 3 at night. I'm telling you, it was amazing. You guys got off easy. We were out of there. But you didn't have a lot of time. But anyway, we went to the hot tub for a few minutes. And so I sat in the hot tub. And I was just thinking, God, give me a word. Something. What are you saying? 
what are you saying right and I got out of the hot tub and I opened and the elevator door at the end of the hall was open and this elevator at times would be ornery so I I'm going to get the elevator before it closes so I went on a sprint down the hall dripping and all I said I'm gonna make it today and guess what it closed my, no no it didn't close in my face it didn't I made it I made it with plenty of time I, I realized I didn't even have to run I was in the elevator sitting around waiting for it to close and I felt like God said, that's it. This is the year of open doors. Your doors that you thought were closed or maybe had been closed are now open, saith the Lord. Run into those doors while it's open. And I prophesy over you, your doors are open. God set before you an open door that no one can close. And you don't even have to run to it. Just, just head in that direction. If he says run, I get up and run. You know, there's a time to run, there's a time to walk, time to, you know what I'm talking about. And, um, but just hear the Lord. But go grab hold of it. Grab hold of it. If that door had closed in my face, I was going to open it anyway. I was going to, you know what I mean? I was going to, you ain't closing. But it didn't. It didn't at all. And then when God awakens, his cause and his kingdom is advanced. When he awakens over a nation, the kingdom of God is advanced. And we already read that over in Psalm 74. Lord, arise for your own cause. And I'm telling you, the kingdom of God is advancing. I've got to tell you this story. I remember coming home from college. My dad had been in the military. And he would tell me about the CIA, my dad. He would, he'd say, David, the CIA is... I know in North Africa, they're up to no good. He'd tell me these stories. And you know, like a proud college kid, I'd say, ah, Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. You, you don't know. You know, the CIs, they're our good guys. They're on our side. All this stuff. I remember, and then years later, I realized, I wish I could go tell my dad, Dad, you knew more than I knew. <laughs> but things are changing. Did you hear? Now, this, God, this can only be God. The head, the new head of the CIA recently said Jesus Christ is the only hope for America. God, what are you doing? What in the world are you doing in America? God is up to some incredible stuff. This could only be God. People say, no, it's, you know, I don't know what they say. It's God. It's God. And I'm all for it. I'm jumping on. I'm going to run while the running's good. The kingdom of God is advancing in the earth. Now here's another. Look over in Isaiah 51. When God awakens over the land. Here's something else that I saw in the scripture. All right. Isaiah 51 verse 9. Awake. Awake. Put on strength. O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the ancient days. In the generations of old. And what that says is, when God awakens over land, we will see the God who was as now the God who is. The God who was as now the God who is. He's the God who was and is and is to come. Is to come will take care of itself. I'm telling you, he's the God who is. And he's your God right now. I'm thankful for history. And books like the book of Jaser. Although I don't know if I'm going to read much in that book. That is a weird book. That is why it was not canonized. They talk about they were perspiring so much that frogs were coming out of their skin. 
Now I know why those whoever made that decision didn't make it a part of the canon. I mean, that might have really happened. I don't know, but it's awful weird. Maybe they knew that these people living in this day would not, they would, they think that's weird. So I don't know. But history, I appreciate history. But you know what? You are part of his story. You are part of his story. His story is being lived out through you and me. And it's going to be recorded somewhere in history. May never be, you may never be written about. But you're written about in books in heaven. Your faith, the things you believe God, the things you do that nobody else knows. God knows. Heaven knows. And for some of you, I'm telling you, heaven is rejoicing over what you're accomplishing on the earth and what you're about to accomplish on the earth. There's a party in heaven. Angels are taking it serious. They're excited, and I'm excited. Okay, the other thing. Then it says, are you not the arm that cut Rahab apart? You know who Rahab was here? A sea creature. And this, you look up in the context, and wounded the serpent. Are you not the one who dried up the sea, the waters, and the great deep, and all of that? Basically, when God awakens over a land, we're going to see his redemption. His redemption. He's going to redeem promises, redeem people. And then another thing, when God awakens in a land, the churches will again be set ablaze with the fire of God. You know, the greatest thing the government can do right now, the government is not going to save us. How many of you know that? It's not going to happen. The greatest thing the government can do is to loose the church to be the church. Guess what's happening? The church is being loosed for this season and time to be what we've been called to be. There are no longer any excuses. It's the time to arise. We have freedom. Nobody's going to come and arrest us for preaching the gospel today and maybe tomorrow. I don't know. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. That's why we got to run the race today. I shared with you many times, and I'm going to share it again. One of the first visions I ever had was at the, one of the first Morningstar conferences. Way back, they had a conference. It was in Lifespring Church. Did anybody remember those conferences? In Lifespring. And I was in the congregation looking up. I don't know if it's worshiping or what, but they had a cross up on the wall. You know, a big wooden cross. And I saw three scenes taking place. First of all, the cross all of a sudden broke out into fire. It was on, it was on fire. Then the second scene, it was like somebody came and poured water over it. And it was wet, dripping wet. And you could see the water dripping off of it. And then the third scene, it's like somebody came along and poured kerosene on it or something, put a new match, and it like, woof, it just like exploded. It was ablaze. It was uncontrollable on fire. And the Lord spoke to me, said, the church was birthed with the fiery preaching from the pulpits on the cross, wherever they had, whatever they had in those early days. Maybe they didn't have pulpits, but the church was birthed in preaching with fire. And then all of a sudden, it began to be watered down by the compromise of men and the fear of men and the doctrines of demons. But he said, in the end of the age, I'm going to come along with a fresh fire, and that fire is going to erupt, and the church is going to be set up blaze to preach the gospel again like it never has before and we're living in that hour it's the greatest day in all of history and then when God awakens over a nation get ready there is a massive harvest that is coming to the Lord 
It can't but happen. It's got to happen. When God awakens, people get awakened, and they recognize their need for a Savior, and it's going to happen in our hour. The Holy Spirit, when He comes, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, that the ruler of this world is judged, and the Holy Spirit is going to move again, and He's going to move in conviction. I can tell you now, the days of people grabbing hold of the chairs, or if they still worship where there are pews, and you know their knuckles used to turn red, and they used to hang on because of the conviction. Those days are coming back to America, saith the Lord, where people will come under conviction. And instead of putting gum under their seats, they're going to fall under their seats. For the fear of God, they're going to want to run to the altar because God is holy. And he's dealing with them, and there's conviction of sin. And we've got to have that, and God wants to awaken again in our nation. And he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. And we've got to get ready. I'm going to just mention the last point. Remember Luke chapter 8, the disciples in the boat. Jesus says, let's go to the other side. And then what happens to Jesus? He goes to the back of the boat, and what happens? He fell asleep. It was on purpose. It was a test. But what'd they do? They went over, Jesus, wake up. What are you doing? Wake up. We're perishing. We are perishing. Well, that's exactly where America was, perishing. But somehow, church, he's awakened. And now, now, for God so loved America that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's not time to perish. It's time to come alive. It's time to awaken, and Christ will give you light, saith the Lord. So that's my prayer this morning. Let's, let's pray. We've been praying, and there's prayer meetings going up on the mountain. Things are happening. You guys have been faithful, but we got to go another level here. We got to get it to another level. Thursday night, we're going to worship and then just jump in. Monday, I'm going to be here at 7 o'clock in the morning. If nobody else shows up, I'm going to show up because I'm going to call on God to stir the fire on the altar. And I'm going to do it every Monday that I'm here. Some Mondays I won't be. In a few weeks, I'm going to go to Columbia, preach a guy from Wales, a, time, a guy from South Africa, Etienne. And myself, I was fired up until yesterday I met the translator. And he told me we're going to one of the poorest places on the earth. He said people have been kidnapped. I said, thank you. Kidnapped for ransom. I'm going I'm to tell my church they're going to pray for me day in and day out while I'm in Colombia. I ain't got time to get kidnapped. So I'm going to be telling you about that trip. You're going to be, you will, you, how many of you will pray for me? I ain't getting kidnapped. I'm coming back. I ain't missing this time for nothing. I'm not afraid, but I just don't want to get kidnapped. I'm not a kid. And I don't even, yeah, I do take naps. You know, it's amazing. I don't that much. But the older you get, you, start, you go back to the nap period. I don't do that a lot now. But it might not be bad. That's probably the way we're going to hear from God in this hour. Instead of trying to struggle, God, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? Go take a nap. Just go take a nap. Don't try to strive and figure it out. And then when you wake up, you might have the answer. 
If not, just wake up like you do and go and believe he's the answer. But you remember, he woke up. They woke him up. So we want to pray this morning that God, now that I've never heard this before. We're going to pray. Can you just stand with me? Let's pray instead of a great awakening because it won't happen until God awakens. But it sure looks like he's awakening. He looks really like he's awakening. But let's really call on him to awaken in the land. Is that a, that a good plan? God, would you wake up? God, awake. Let's just, like we're going to Jesus in the back of the boat, stirring him. Jesus, wake up. We're perishing. Wake up. Wake up, oh God, mighty God. So, Lord, let's just pray with me. You pray. Pray in the Spirit. Just pray. Father, we pray. Lord, we ask you to wake up, oh God. Wake up over America again. Wake up, God. Wake up over our families, over our children. Lord, we're here today to cry out to heaven. God, we want to awaken, but we need you to awaken over the land. And we ask you to wake up, oh God. Awake, oh God, over our nation again. In the name of your son, Jesus. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. God, awaken in the streets, in the inner cities, in our nation again, oh God. Awaken, Lord, that we would not perish, that the masses would not perish, oh God, that Madonna would not perish, oh God. Lord, that the lost would know there's a God who reigns and rules over America. We pray in Jesus' name. And we thank you. We trust you. We believe you. We praise you, God. Do it again, God. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again, oh God. Awaken. Minneapolis, call out some cities before the Lord. Awaken in Detroit, oh God. Awaken New York. Just call them out. Awaken Los Angeles. Awaken Seattle. Awaken Denver. Awaken Fort Worth. Awaken Dallas. Awaken New Orleans. Call them out. Call them out. Awaken in the name of Jesus, Jacksonville. Awaken Miami. Awaken Orlando. Awaken Tampa. Awaken Atlanta. Awaken Raleigh. Awaken Wilkesboro. Awaken Moravian Falls. Awaken in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord.